Everybody, or not so happy Friday, Scott. I actually am in a good mood, but for the sake of this fantasy podcast, I'm getting very negative today. This is a very negative Friday show. Negative? Yeah. Is that how you want to start your weekend? Negativity? Well, everybody stinks. David Price stinks. <laughs> Michael Fulmer stinks now. John Lester stinks. Garrett Cole is beyond stink. Mookie Betts <laughs> isn't really hitting. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, Carlos Gonzalez. It is usually Worryometer Wednesday, but it is clearly going to be Worryometer Friday. Wow. What? <laughs> Come on, people. Turn your season around before it's too late. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I guess we need to put our faith in Edinson Volquez, right? I guess so, and Joe Ross and, and guys like that, and, and we will talk about those guys, and we will give you some Week 11 help as we look at two-star pitchers. We'll try to read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I had a thought last night, Scott, as I, in a very negative thought, as I was, you know, getting ready for bed, and I didn't want to really think about it too much and see if I was right, so I'm just gonna say it, no research, to me, the Pittsburgh Pirates are the most disappointing MLB team for fantasy this year. They are the biggest fantasy bust of any of the 30 major league teams. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they are the reason that today is Negative Friday. Hmm. Well, just going off the top of my head, uh, what about the Mets? The Met, you got Conforto. You do have Conforto. With the Pirates, you have Nova. Oh, you do have Nova, yeah. I like Conforto, but, and, you know, I think Josh Bell, uh, has, has exceeded most <sighs> people's expectations. Whatever. There's so many first basemen that you don't really need him, but. No, the best Pirate has been Tyone, who made another rehab start. And yeah. to no fault of his own, he's been on the DL, but he, you know, he'll be back soon, hopefully. By the way, I reject your trade offer of Gregory Polanco for Jamison Tyone in the podcast league. Just letting you know. All right, that figures. I know you're a Polanco guy, so. Yeah, I'm also a Tyone guy, but, but man, uh, okay, the Mets, the Mets are pretty good because they, they've been like catastrophic. It's been bad, but Marte suspended. Polanco, one of the worst regular players, it seems. McCutcheon's been a bust, even though he's coming, he's coming around a little bit. Cole, oh my gosh, four starts in a row for Garrett Cole. He'll be on the worryometer. Uh, and that whole, like, superlative worst team in fantasy brings me to this tweet of the day from Joey. I it, Okay, he's got a new segment idea for the podcast. I'm interested in which yearbook-style awards you hand out uh, to, in fantasy baseball at this point. Yearbook-style awards. So I came up with a few. Let's give out some awards. Superlatives. Yeah, little little superlatives yeah. here. Uh, prom King. Who's the Prom King so far of fantasy baseball? The pro, well, I'm not sure what the criteria is for prom king. Um, it's up to you. You're voting. Okay. I, I guess it would probably be Bryce Harper because A, he's good. B, he has the nice hair. Uh, C, he attracts a lot of attention. Uh, you know, has kind of shown a little bit of a bad boy streak in the early going. So I, I'm going with Bryce Harper as the prom king. Okay, I accept. I was going to go with Ryan Zimmerman because he's been probably the best value, best free agent pickup. He's been slightly, slightly better than I don't Aaron want to be Judge. friends with Zimmerman. You don't want to go to prom with him? Is that what you said? 
I don't want to be friends with them. Oh, you don't want to. Like, I think prom king somebody every, you know, all the girls want to date him, all the guys want to be him. Okay, then it is good for Harper, but Harper's married now, I think, or at least he's engaged, and Aaron Judge is quite popular, so maybe he could be prom king. Maybe, maybe, yeah. He's a candidate, sure. Okay, here's the, the She's All That Award, which is based on the movie, which I've never seen, but I know what it's about. I swear I've never seen it. Looks kind of ugly now, but is actually hot. Or we will soon find out how how good this person is. She's all that award. Uh, probably Jeff Samarja. I mean, we've already started to see glimpses of it. I don't know if that makes it a boring pick, but the numbers are still kind of skewed. I don't know that everybody's buying into it fully. And I think, I, I think even the people who are buying into Samarja don't necessarily buy into him to the extent they should. Like he could be your best pitcher in the second half. Okay, so Jeff Samarja. Scott is the Freddie Prince Jr. to Jeff Samarja. He is going to make everyone see just how wonderful Jeff Samarja is. How about a better movie? Can't Hardly Wait Award. Uh, excited for this person to come off the DL. The Can't Hardly Wait Award. Hmm. I guess I'm going to have to say... Uh man. Steven I Matz. Guess- Steven Matz. Is it? Uh, no, not, there's a lot of players on the DL who are I'm more excited about their returns than Steven Matz. Well, but you can't say Trout or somebody like that. Like, well, that's that's what I was trying to avoid doing because, yeah, I don't want to make it too boring. But, um, ah, oh, man. Uh, Tyone himself is a pretty good can't hardly wait award candidate. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with. Mitch Haniger. It's been a long time since we've talked about Mitch Haniger, and I am getting withdrawals. So Mitch Haniger is the person who uh, who uh, I can't wait to come back. All right, excellent. And do you think Mitch Haniger will be? Because we, I kind of thought he was a good sell high candidate, like he'd be a good player, but not this good. What do you think about Mitch Haniger when he comes off the DL? Like what he will be a top blank outfielder. So I've had him just outside my top forty with him on the DL. It might be hard for him to crack the top 30 right away. Uh, let's, let's see if he picks up where he left off. Obviously he can get back there. It's, it's true for as much as, as, as fulfilling as Mitch Haniger was at the start of the year, there's been so many breakthroughs among outfielders since then. You know, Aaron Judge wasn't that big of a deal yet. Corey Dickerson, Michael Conforto, that, um, now Haniger, He's kind of had going to have to regain his value, I think. But he's been stashed in 90% of leagues this whole time, and I think all those owners are are going to be able to make use of him. So would you rather have Corey Dickerson or Mitch Haniger? For now, Corey Dickerson. I mean, Haniger. Let, let's see what happens when Haniger gets back. All right. He does. He, he's still largely unproven, but it's exciting nonetheless. Yeah, and you get some steals with him too, which is nice. And yeah, he uh, that was a big loss for. For me, for sure. So I am also looking forward to Mitch Haniger. And will you start Steven Matz this weekend in his first start off the DL? Probably not. Unless it's, you know, obviously it depends to some degree on options, but I'd rather not. I I think it's, particularly if it's a weekly lineup, it's, it's nice that you get to see... um You get to see this one start before you make your determination for next week. Uh, the start is at the Braves. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. Who've been hitting well of late. And they're in SunTrust Park where you can trust the ball's going to hit the sun. All right. That's going to do it for, I'm going to cut out a few of the other, uh, awards. Thank you for the tweet, Joey. There's your high school yearbook superlatives. Thursday standouts. All right. It doesn't have to all be negative here, Scott. Let's talk about Joe Ross. Now, if you read the it's- recap of this Nationals Orioles game, this was a made up game from a rainout that no team had really any interest in playing. And I think <laughs> Buck Showalter said something like, or maybe it's Dusty Baker, one of them said something like, you know, it's basically going to come down to whichever pitcher was better because the, implying like the hitters just didn't want to be there. Daniel Murphy sat, uh, Manny Machado sat because he's banged up, Adam Jones sat, uh, a couple other really good players. I think Ryan Zimmerman stat, sat. So Joe Ross still carved up the Orioles, 12 strikeouts in seven and a third, four hits, one run, and his previous two starts, 19 hits and 11 runs in seven innings. The start before that was great. So here's a, fi- a guy who's 53% owned, Joe Ross. You buying it? What do you think? I I guess we have to make another play for him 
I just wish I had a better grasp of what was going on. I know there's been some weird velocity fluctuation at times. This was actually the, uh, you know, the, the average velocity for the entire start. It was one of his lower velocity starts since coming back, and yet he dominated. So I, I don't know. His explanation after the game was that he slowed down between pitches. He did a better job of staying calm under pressure. I don't know what kind of pressure he was under, really. But, uh, I, you know, that's the kind of reasoning that, particularly a one-start sample like this, just doesn't doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. But we know he has a lot of upside. This was obviously a ridiculously good start. He's a two-start pitcher next week, which... I don't know if that's good news or not because you're going to feel obligated to start him. I know I will. Uh, but yeah, I do think he needs to be out. All right, as Joe Ross we're talking about, we are going to look at two star pitchers later. We're also going to try to take a look at the most added list later and, uh, looking at Joe Ross's matchups next week. Uh, he has Atlanta at home and the Mets on the road and they might have Cespedes back at that point. Atlanta at home and the Mets on the road. So Robert says, I dropped Joe Ross for Jacob Faria yesterday. Raisin or sour grape? That's Rob in Pennsylvania. Uh, I guess a raisin would be good here and a sour grape would be bad. <laughs> like the raisin is the carrot now for our, our podcast? I guess so. Um, oh, have you ever had a carrot raisin salad? I As much as I love raisins, that's probably about as much as I hate carrots, so no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an awful salad. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever go down that route. I don't know how it came into existence, but it should be banned from all cookouts henceforth. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think since Faria got sent to the minors, I would, I would rather own Joe Ross today, but I don't know that you're necessarily going to regret adding Faria either. Like we said yesterday, uh, not knowing if he'd get sent down, it probably won't be for long and there's clearly some upside there as well. While we're on the subject, is Sean Newcomb going to stay up, or is he making just a spot start for the Braves? I think it depends on how he performs, because uh, they have an opening, obviously, with Bartolo Colon, quote-unquote oblique injury. Matt Wisler is also coming up. The, those two are going to start the two games of the Braves' doubleheader Saturday. Uh, but Matt Wisler wasn't doing great at AAA. We've seen him before. I would imagine... The Braves would rather it be Newcomb, but obviously if it gets bombed, it's going to be hard to justify. Matt Wisler has some of the most underwhelming stuff I've ever seen from a pitcher that was labeled a prospect. Reminded me of Kyle Gibson. Um, So if you were going to rank Joe Ross, Sean Newcomb, and Jacob Faria, how would you rank those three? Ross, Newcomb, Faria. Ross, Newcomb, Faria. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Any other standouts you want to talk about from Positive Thursday here on Negative Friday? I think we do have to talk about Ensign Volquez. Not that I have a lot of insight into what's been happening oh, with him. I do. The best. Okay, ex- go ahead. The best explanation I've ever heard. Don Mattingly oh. said the ankle injury. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, is that great? So Edison Volquez hurt his ankle in the uh, first inning of his no hitter, and Don Mattingly said that it's actually helped him because it has calmed Edison Volquez down, and he has been able to stay within his delivery. I just you know I funny. read quotes from Volquez on the same thing. Oh yeah, and he said. Uh, yeah, it keeps him from jumping. He had been jumping in his delivery now, and the, the hurt ankle prevents that. I don't know that I – it's kind of like Joe Ross's explanation. <laughs> I'm having a hard time buying it. It yeah. feels like they're reaching there for an explanation because normally if an injury changes your delivery, that's not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> I guess as <laughs> bad as Volquez was performing, there's nowhere to go but up. But that's, of course, not literally true. Uh, and, in fact, since coming back from the DL for a blister issue, he has five quality starts and six chances. Obviously, the last two are by far the best two, a no-hitter. And then uh, this three-hit effort with eight strikeouts in seven innings. Volquez has been around a long time, and most of it's been underwhelming. Yeah. There have been... There's been a year here and there where he's been a pretty good fantasy option, and... You know, especially having such a big home park. I'm not going to rule out that this could be one of those years, but he's still behind, like, Dan Straley for me, and I think most people would view 
Straley is pretty fringy. And he's behind Joe Ross then, Volquez? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Volquez is 30% owned, and he does have a 248 ERA in his last six starts. There you go. Uh, well, I'll tell you that Indochino is always a standout. It's one of the things I look forward to on Fridays. That's why it's a, it's a happy Friday. I get to tell you about Indochino. Look, you're a grown man. It's time to get yourself a real suit, one that fits you perfectly, one that you can customize every single detail of. And if you go to Indochino.com, look, suits like this, they're usually about 800 bucks. But on Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, if you enter FBT at checkout, you get 50% off the regular price of a made-to-measure premium suit with free shipping. 379 bucks on Indochino.com with our promo code FBT for any premium suit. Again, that's 379 bucks with free shipping. I've got my Indochino suit. I look forward to wearing it. It is the only piece of clothing, seriously, the only piece of clothing, clothing that I have that I can't wait to wear because it fits me amazingly. I absolutely, absolutely love it. I get compliments every time I wear it. I picked every detail of it. I got this cool monogram, ASA invented swagger on the, uh, on the jacket lining. So I'm really cool. You should be cool too. Go to Indochino.com. Get any premium suit for three 79 when you enter our promo code FBT at checkout, Indochino.com. All right, the big news, it only gets worse for starting pitchers. Dallas Keuchel's on the DL with a neck injury. He's already been on the DL once with a pinched nerve in his neck. Now the Astros are calling up Francis Martez. Martez, uh, don't know. Sorry. Martez. Martez, thank you. Mm-hmm. He will pitch out of the bullpen, so we're not really interested in picking him up. He's their top prospect. Right. He'll, he is expected to pitch out of the bullpen, but there's some question as to whether or not he will because it's kind of tied to Joe Musgrove's return. And right now they're calling it a more of a piggyback situation than a full-fledged relief appearance, and, and meaning they both go like four innings. And that obviously opens the door for Martez to enter the rotation full-time, but for all of the upside... He's a 21-year-old who just put together a 5.29 ERA and 2.1 WHIP at AAA PCL, but but still, that's not very encouraging. No, no. So that's um, that's Francis Martez, and Musgrove could pitch on Monday. So we'll see about Keuchel, but that's a tough break, obviously. For um, no longer the Cy Young front runner, no longer because that's, he's injured. And like since he already missed that start with what they called an illness. I, I originally thought, okay, well, you know, they've already skipped a start. They're, they're trying to get an extra arm in here. This is clearly just a minimum 10 day DL thing. But no, it sounds like there's legitimately something going on with his neck. He got sent back to get checked out by team doctors and they don't have a timetable for him. It may, it may end up being just the one term, but it may not too. So I'm a little concerned. Yeah, totally sucks. Kyle Hendricks is on the DL with hand tendinitis. Mike Montgomery will start today, and the Cubs called up Seth Frankoff. But Hendricks, this could be shorter term, right? Yeah, this does sound like just a minor issue, one-term sort of deal. Cespedes resumed his rehab assignment, could come back next week. Right now, Addison Russell's been out of the lineup. You probably saw the news. He's denying domestic abuse accusations. Um, So he's been out of the lineup. You dropped Addison Russell because of this or just because, you know, 12-team league, sort of shallow, and no middle infield? You dropped Addison Russell. Both. I I knew I wasn't going to be able to start him this upcoming week, or at least I thought there was a good chance I wouldn't, and uh, don't really feel like I'm going to miss him anyway in that format. Someone spent 26 bucks on Chance Adams in our auction league. Now what are the in, in the auction league? So that's a twelve-team roto, thirty-man roster, so three hundred sixty players owned. It's not a shallow league, but that's uh, is he coming up? That is no, no, not yet. But there's a lot of speculation with Tanaka's issues. Yeah, that, that's the thing. If he's coming up, if Chance Adams is coming up, he'll have to replace Masahiro Tanaka in the rotation. So that's I, that I mean, be a Tana- long-term thing. No. Yeah, right, exactly. So, the, so who else is in the rotation? Pineda? Jordan Montgomery would be the only candidate. And he's yeah. been good. Yeah, know? no, he's, he's, there's no reason to replace Jordan Montgomery. No. So. Even if we heard today that Adams was getting called up, I, this seems like too aggressive mm-hmm. yeah, of a I just, bid. I mean, he does have great numbers in the minors, but he hasn't 
you know, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, gotten, hasn't gotten a lot of prospect hype. And, uh, it's kind of a question mark. Okay. That's Chance Adams. I just, I thought I missed something. $26 bid. That was crazy. Uh, mm. Alex Wood will pitch tomorrow. Bryce Harper literally hit the cover off the ball. He fouled the ball off and the cover ripped off. It was pretty cool. Uh, mm. just some hot... Probably more the ball's fault, right? Probably. Something, ball? there was something wrong with that ball. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you'd think so. Uh, Trey Turner, he stole three bases yesterday. He now has 21 steals. He has the most steals at shortstop. He has the third most runs scored. And believe it or not, Trey Turner is the number five shortstop in points leagues, number two in Roto. So the, the combination of runs and steals give Trey Turner a pretty high floor, I think you could say. Yep, yep, yep. That was part of the reason I was so confident in him coming into the year. Even if it went wrong for him as a hitter, he contributes in so many ways that you're just not going to regret having him around. Matt Carpenter, they've moved him into the leadoff spot to give first to give Dexter Fowler a little bit of a break, and then they kept him in the leadoff spot, and now he's homered in two straight games. So he's had history as a leadoff hitter. Maybe this will spark Matt Carpenter. And, Scott, let's say happy birthday to Paul Robinson, who's been asking for a shout-out. Today is his 34th birthday. Happy birthday, Paul. You are older than me and Scott, you old, old man. Yeah, you shouldn't be requesting birthday shout-outs on Twitter, Paul. Too old for that nonsense. <laughs> oh, but you're never too old for the good old worryometer. And later on in the show, uh, just to preview what's coming up, I want to talk about some interesting splits for a couple of uh, starting pitchers. Jason Hamill had another good start. Eric so it, Eric Sogard, Scott, has 15 walks, 6 strikeouts, and a 414 batting average. That is something. Eric's so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, yeah, but is he? More on that, more on that later. We'll talk deeply. Okay. Um, and Domingo Santana's only 61% owned. He's the number five outfielder in the last 21 days. And yeah. it's, oh, it's Raisin Team Name Friday. We have Raisin Inspired Team Names. This will conclude Raisin Week. But it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> we've got, week. We've National got... Raisin Week, everybody. You know how <laughs> exactly. on Twitter it's National Some Food Item Day every day? No, actually, I didn't realize that. I, I don't. I haven't seen a national raisin day, but we've we turned it into a whole whole week. I would say we've made it international raisin week uh, based on our listenership. So thank you for that. Okay, worryometer zero to ten, zero, not concerned at all. Nobody here on this list is getting dropped except maybe the last hitter we talk about, um, Aledmus Diaz. But uh, so forget about drop. Ten is like I'm very worried. He's just not going to be that good this year. Carlos okay. Gonzalez. I am at about a, um, uh, maybe a, uh, between a five and a six. I'll, I'll say, I'll say six. Okay. Just because it's been so long and there's been so few glimmers of hope, but I've, you know, nowhere near dropping him. Yeah, I didn't think that this would be the case with Cargo, but over the last 28 days, he's actually been a lot better in points leagues. He's 31st at outfield in points leagues, 47th in Roto, because 14 walks to 19 strikeouts. So actually, Carlos Gonzalez has a career-high walk rate, and a lot of these guys are still walking, which gives you hope. And it's what we said about Jose Bautista earlier in the year, but unfortunately, it's Bautista's turned it around for about a month. These guys haven't. So you're a six on cargo. Where are you? Well, on- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, looking at some of the names ahead, I'm gonna give myself a little more room for, uh, you know, for some nuance with these next ones. So I'm gonna go five on cargo, lowering okay. it to five. Five on cargo. Edwin Encarnacion, 34 years old. He's the number, <laughs> Edwin Encarnacion is the number 36 first baseman in points leagues, number 41 in Roto. And he's got a bit of a hip issue right now. The K rate is up dramatically the ground balls are up but the heart career high hard contact rate for Edwin Encarnacion worryometer on Edwin Encarnacion yeah I'm gonna go six on him okay because like you said the K rate up dramatically after already rising dramatically last year for a guy in his mid-30s that is a worrisome trend now we've seen Jose Bautista turn that trend around in a pretty dramatic way so that's why it's only a six but I am if somebody was willing to pay for Encarnacion like he's a top 
10 for I'll say 10 because first base is so deep but for a top, like he's a top 10 first baseman I'd have to listen just to avoid potential heartache would you still take Encarnacion over the Justins yes they're both a good bit outside the top 10 they they might not even be top 15 yet for me okay. but I as much as I like them I mean it's a really deep position Miguel Cabrera Scott 0 to 10 on Miggy I'm gonna go more like, more like a three there, I think. It might creep up to four, but a couple years younger than Encarnacion. He's hitting the crap out of the ball still. It's just not yielding good results, and he doesn't have, um, the plate discipline issues we're seeing from Cargo. Right. So I, I think there's less reason to worry with him. Yeah, the peripherals say that Cabrera, it, as you said, is destroying it. He's got 31.5% line drive rate. Last year it was 22.7% and a career-high hard contact rate. Home run to fly ball ratio is very low. What's weird about the peripherals is that Cabrera is always a, a high BABIP guy, and he's always a high batting average guy. But he's a 320 BABIP this year, and he's only batting 271. Now, it wouldn't be surprising to see him have like a 350 BABIP, but... uh I don't know, like, I don't yeah. get that. How do you have such a high car, high hard contact rate, high line drive rate, and a 320 BABIP, and somehow Cabrera's only hitting 271? Well, part of the issue is he just hasn't homered at the rate we're used to seeing. And we went through this last year with with uh, Jose Abreu. Remember, first half we were asking what's wrong with Jose Abreu, and based on the way peripherals looked, it's just he needed more home runs to get his numbers right. And... uh Eventually, he started hitting them. I think the same is going to happen to Cabrera. Okay, cool. Good good comparison. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is actually the number seven outfielder in points leagues and number 22 in Roto. And this yep. is where, like, points leagues, I think, are pretty close to perfect when, when it comes to hitters. I think they're a little flawed with pitchers, but with hitters, they're great. However, sometimes I feel like plate discipline gets a little bit too much weight. There's not much you can do about it. Like, Betts... Walks are, walks are valuable as hits. Betts they, is not a top seven. Betts, there's no way that the Mookie Betts owner feels like he has the seventh best outfielder in fantasy. I I disagree. I, I think he's legitimately a really good hitter. Yeah. Despite his batting average. And I, I think the points league is rewarding him fairly. Um... My worry, his place on the worryometer for me might be zero. Okay. 25 one, because walks. maybe he doesn't quite match last year's home run total. Let's say one, but, you know, he's a stud. Well, okay, like if you're in a, a standard 5x5 five five categories league, Betts has 17 doubles, which don't count. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they don't count as a specific category. And he has 25 walks to 24 strikeouts, which is tremendous. Doesn't really count. So... You know, in a points league, maybe Betts is a zero, or in an OBP league, he's a zero or something. I have a league that rewards total bases. But in a standard 5x5 five five categories, a roto league, is Betts anywhere on your worryometer? No, he's still—I'm going to give him the same rating because, I like, the plate discipline is so good. Uh, I trust the numbers to come around. Early in the year, we were worried about his home run pace, too, and then he— you know, had this two-week binge that actually put him ahead of last year's pace. So I think we're just kind of catching him at the end of a down stretch, and he's about to get hot. All right, Mookie Betts, zero. Jonathan Lucroy, number 16 catcher in points leagues, but number 35 in Roto. Plate appearances have a lot to do with that. Uh, it's And the peripherals aren't very good for him, except he's just not striking out a lot. But eight walks, 14 strikeouts, 256 batting average with three home runs and 10 doubles. Lucroy's been terrible. Zero to ten on Lucroy. I mean, I value plate discipline as a as a predictor above, probably still above everything uh, among what we look at with hitters because, you know, even things like hard contact rate, line drive rate, those can sometimes be um, less a cause than an effect, I guess is the... Yeah, right, but I think I, I think I said that. Is the this right plate way. discipline? Because he's not walking. I mean, I know he's not striking out, Lucroy, but he has eight walks. He's Didi Gregorius. Yeah, but in a way, when when you're talking about a slumping hitter, the strikeouts I think are more telling than even the walks. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, line drive rate is way down. Ground ball rate is way up. Fly ball rate is 
down quite a bit. I mean, he's not hit he's not making contact in the ways he needs to to be successful. Give me a number. But he is making contact. Um I'll go I'll go three. Is Jonathan Lucroy still a top three catcher for you? Yes, but he's he's the clear third now. Sanchez is overtaking him in both formats. By the way, I I sold Lucroy short by comparing him to Didi Gregorius, who strikes out a lot more than Lucroy. Um, okay, last one, Aledmus Diaz, zero to ten. Aledmus. Um, let's give him a five. Five. I I don't think it's out. It's crazy to consider dropping him in a shallow league if you were the one who, um, you know, stumbled into Cozart or. Or even, I guess it's possible you could have drafted Aledmus Diaz and Elvis Andrews. Uh, it's still so hard because shortstop, like what else are you going to do there if you give up on Aledmus Diaz? But the fact he's not walking at all, not really hitting for power other than a few home runs early, uh, with a questionable minor league profile as far as that goes. Yeah. I think there's legitimate reason for concern. But at the same time, I like that he makes a lot of contact. I think that helps helps him helps make up for that in some small way. Okay, five for Ledmus Diaz. Let's go to the pitchers now. Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto has a 4.31 ERA, 22 walks, 81 strikeouts, and 81 innings. Velocity down a little bit compared to June last year, about a mile per hour. It's just not giving you great starts lately. Johnny Cueto, zero to ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, okay, just, okay, so I'll go two on Johnny Cueto, but I dispute that he's not really giving you good starts. And I understand the ERA, the cumulative ERA is a bit on the high side. There were a couple of really bad starts that helped contribute to that, but I look at the game log and like, most of his starts, I'd be thrilled if any one of my pitchers gave me that. I mean, the innings are still high, the strikeouts are still high. All right, first of all, first of all, if you're going to dispute something I say, you've got to make sure I actually said it. Because what I said was not giving you a lot of great starts lately. At least I'm pretty sure that's what I said. What you said is that you dispute that he's not giving you any good starts. So one, you changed great to good, and two, you left out the word (laughs) lately. Uh, (laughs) I mean, one run in six innings with eight strikeouts, that's not great. That's a great start. That's... That is a great start. Even even three earned runs and six with nine strikeouts. I guess it's a little short of great. That's but... a good start at the Phillies. That's a good start. He's okay. six innings or less, five straight starts. Before that, yeah, yeah, you were getting some great starts. But his last five starts, it's it's like you're hoping for a quality start. And he's only given you two in his last five. Yeah. Cueto. I mean, compare his line to even like Jake Arrieta's, and I come away impressed. I know. And Arietta is somebody who we still have no question he's a top 15 starter, so. It's because the bar's been lowered, not because he's <laughs> so great. The bar has been lowered, but be that as it may, um, you know, the, okay, so the bar's been lowered and, and Johnny Cueto has, uh, been able to clear that bar pretty handily. Okay. Uh, next up, John Lester. Zero to ten. I've been watching Lester. I didn't watch him yesterday. He gave up a three-run homer, and other than that, he was pretty good. But um, but still, yeah. it's always there's always an excuse with Lester. It seems, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I just uh, I I am a little concerned because he's not throwing very hard. Not that he's ever been like a fireballer. No, I mean eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that the velocity is really that big of a deal for him. It's not down that much. Uh. I'm going to go two on him also. It, it's been a little frustrating. I'll give you that. But I know his first year with the Cubs started out pretty frustrating too. And he ended up having a normal John Lester season. It may be that he raised the bar to an unrealistic level last year. But mm-hmm. I can't, like like with Cueto, I can't really come up with 15 names that I trust more than Lester. Garrett Cole, 0-10. to 10. I will go, this is probably the highest one so far. Mm. I kind of want to go eight. I'll, I'll go seven. I'll be a little more conservative and say seven. Let's because it... I don't have a clear understanding of what's wrong. Yeah. But particularly paired with last year's results, it's pretty clear something is wrong. 
I, okay, so I really regret not being more vocal about this because Cole is just someone that I've been very interested in this year because if you're, I think he was, well, Polanco was my, my player that I loved. Cole was like my runner up. And the Pirates, as I've said, have, have, you know, they've, Pooped in my cereal, and they have uh, gross. Well, that's an expression. The raisin brand, because that might be, you know, a little hard to pick out. Uh, yeah, they've really uh, put a damper on on fantasy baseball for me. Even though I have no Polanco, but I do have some Cole. And so I've watched a lot of Garrett Cole, and I I just I just don't think his breaking pitches are that good. I think this guy, when he loses velocity, could become a bad pitcher, and all he is is like a hard thrower. He says that Cole says that his um he's not getting the downward tilt on his pitches and things are elevated. But I've just I'm not blown away by his by his secondary stuff. Now the only reason why I wasn't more vocal about it is because I'm not a baseball scout, number one. There are I guess two reasons. One, I'm not a scout, and and before this dreadful four start stretch, Cole had a two eighty four ERA and only twelve walks and fifty seven innings. So he looked like an absolute must start. Yeah, yeah, about the time I declared he's back and I'm not worried about him. Right. <laughs> but I just I just don't think he's that great of a pitcher. Now, this is the same thing I felt about Justin Verlander a few years ago when Verlander was struggling. You know, people were so focused on his velocity and I was like, I don't really think his breaking ball is that good anymore. Maybe it's because the fastball wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, so this seems like something that could be corrected, but right now uh right now Cole looks to me like a one-pitch pitcher. And hitters can hit 97 mile per hour fastballs now, so he's like a no I'll, 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 I'll say this much: <laughs> I, I was his quotes in after this start, you know, trying to sum up what's wrong. <laughs> he doesn't sound like a pitching savant, like you know, some pitchers like um, you know Zach Granke can be this way at times. Justin Verlander, most pitchers really who are great, they can talk about the craft of pitching in a really clear way that makes you feel reassures you they know what they're doing. Right. And Cole, like he has no answers. He no. just kept saying, I'm gonna try hard. Maybe he's just a guy who likes to keep things close to the vest and, you know, is uh you know, skeptical of the media, but mm-hmm. he, he came <laughs> he, off he as, wasn't inspiring much confidence. He came off as very downtrodden yesterday, so you do yeah. wonder if there's a confidence issue. Yeah, maybe. Same with maybe. And look, they have Ray Searage, so uh we know he's a pitching savant. I'm holding Garrett Cole. Like, I don't think there's much of a market for him. I don't really – I I guess he's a buy low because I don't expect him to have like a 5 ERA. But I don't know how good Garrett Cole is. And I just – for me, I think the best thing to do is just maybe sit him and just wait it out and hope you get like a, you know, a high 3 ZRA guy rest of season and, and be pleasantly surprised <laughs> if it's better. I, I mean, I do think it's worth – Shopping him, I would. I think I still have him ranked ahead of. No, I maybe I did move Robbie Ray behind him, but um, you know, obviously a deal like that, I don't think is. It's crazy to think that you might be able to pull that off. Um, maybe if we get a little lower than Robbie Ray, uh, in a points league, I don't know that it'd be crazy to trade him straight up for Severino, even knowing Severino might have some innings concerns later. Just, you know, you can cross that bridge when you come to it and, and you freed yourself from the, the coal concern. Well, I guess if there's one thing that encourage, that would be encouraging is that, foam, uh, that Cole is giving up a ton of home runs this year. And even when he's been bad, he hasn't been a home run guy. So maybe he really is elevating his pitches too much and he just has to refine it mechanically, get on top of the ball a little bit more, get more sync. Cause mm-hmm. he should be a ground ball pitcher, right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe he's that's not, the issue. That's a big part of, you know, even at his best, he's been just kind of a so-so strikeout guy, but the, you know, it, it plays up because he's so good at avoiding the home runs. So mm-hmm. he needs to get back to that. Okay. And, um, just to, just to wrap it up, are you worried at all about Michael Fulmer or David Price? Fulmer's had two clunkers in a row and now only 6.8 strikeouts per nine and Price just cannot pitch against the Yankees. Yeah, I'll give Price just a pass for this isolated incident, and he does have a history against the Yankees. Fulmer, um, you know, it's two bad starts in a row, but it was his fifth in a row with seven-plus hits, and he did 
bring up on his own after the game the possibility that maybe he's tipping his pitches. Because mm. I think in this start, one strikeout, three total swinging strikes. And this is the Troutless Angels who Buck Farmer just shut down the day before. Uh, Something something seems kind of screwy there. So hope, hopefully it is a pitch-tipping situation and you can get it figured out. I'm not that worried yet. It is time for Raisin Team Name Friday. Here we go. Andy on Long Island is Raisin the Ploof. Nice. Yeah. Remember all the ploof puns from, what, three, four years ago? Oh, yeah. The ploof Bring was on fire. I, I said the the – what it was mine. I think mine was the ploof is in the pudding. That was the go-to, yeah. Yeah, but – the ploof was on fire. It was pretty funny, too. Uh, Adam does not have a Raisin team name, but since it's team name Tuesday on a Friday, uh, oh, double Herrera. Okay. He doubled again yesterday to to extend his major league leading total. Okay. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, Adam also says Raisins ruin cookies, and that's hard to do. Hashtag team no Raisins. They don't ruin cookies. No. That's ridiculous. It's Oatmeal Raisin so cookies. Good. They're not my favorite cookie, but they're still delicious. Come on. And then Dan from Rhode Island says, how awful is it when you think it's a chocolate chip cookie, you bite in, and it's a raisin? No, no, we disagree. That is disappointing. Oh, you okay. like to know what you're biting into. <laughs> okay, um, fair. And they do look deceptively similar at times. Mm-hmm. But if you're prepared for it to be an oatmeal raisin cookie, I maintain it's not a disappointing experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Here are some raisin team names. Raisin Helixon, Raisin Cane. <laughs> Yeah, and, those are uh, both pretty good. Wilson Contreraisin. <laughs> that was uh, that's a little stretch. And finally, from Jim, raisin bets like raisinettes. According to Jim. According to Jim, raisin bets. All right, real okay. quick. Sorry, Scott. Real quick from yesterday. Double dongs. Gary Sanchez and Derek Norris. Hooray for catchers. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about Derek Norris with the kind of year he's had, and and he has his own domestic abuse allegations being looked into. So, yeah, and, yeah. and Wilson not really Ramos. making a move to pick him up. Wilson Ramos coming back as well. Don't forget that. Sure, sure, yeah. As far well, as Gary yeah, Sanchez so. goes, um, this is his second two homer game in his last six. I think the in between he went two for seventeen with a walk and six strikeouts. But uh, Paul O'Neill actually did a pretty cool breakdown of his. A little mechanical flaw in his swing. He's opening up his hips too early, so hopefully it can be corrected and Sanchez can get hot. Splitsville, couple pitchers with interesting home road splits. One is surprising, one not so much. Uh, Michael Pineda, a little surprising. 196 ERA at home, 596 ERA on the road, and nine home runs in 25 and two-thirds on the road for Pineda. And he's, he was great against Boston yesterday. Changeup looks like it's getting better. The Angels on the road next week. Do you have any issues starting Pineda on the road? Not at all. Okay. And then Odorizzi, 311 ERA at home, 450 ERA on the road. He had a good start. Not a great start, but a good start at home against the White Sox. I think uh, for a guy who's 90% owned, I might consider sitting him at Toronto next week, Jake Odorizzi. One-start week? Yeah, I think he's always somebody you could sit in a one-start week. But... um He's also somebody you could start, could start in a one star week. And there are not many pitchers, like what, in a standard mixed league setting, there are, there are, you know, it's a limited number of pitchers who you really feel good about starting in a one star week ever, you know? Mm-hmm. There are some you always do no matter who they're facing, but there are some you kind of never want to start in that scenario. And Odorizzi's at least better than that. Yeah. And deep leagues, any interest in Jason Hamill, who's coming around a little bit? Ben, not as attractive as Blake Lively. R.A. Dickey, Christian Bergman, those are the pitchers. Hamill, Ben, not as attractive as Blake Lively. R.A. Dickey, (laughs) Christian Bergman. (laughs) You know, when I first learned who Ben Lively was, which was a couple years ago, he had a crazy year in the California League that made it seem like he would be a bigger prospect than he was. Um I I I wanted to get him in every dynasty league, and I kept calling him accidentally. Kept calling him Blake Lively because <laughs> you know Blake's more often than not a boy's name and yeah. uh, be lively. I don't know. I so have it's no funny idea. What, you keep making these Blake Lively connections, also. Well, I have no idea what Ben Lively looks like. I just know that he's not as attractive as Blake Lively. Who <laughs> you should see that movie where she's trying to escape the shark. 
quite attractive. Uh, do you have any interest in Hamill, Lively, Dicky, or Bergman? She's trying to escape a shark. Yeah, it's a good movie. The Shallows, it's called. It's just her against okay. the shark. I, I want to think people don't normally put their best foot forward in that scenario, right? What do you mean? Well, typically people aren't going to look their best when they're oh, fighting for their life. Oh, she's in a bikini, like it's surfing. Yeah, she looks okay. great. All right, no, I haven't seen it, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, what were you asking again? Hamill, Lively, Dickie Bergman. Um, no. The one who I can probably get most excited about is R.A. Dickie, which says a lot. Really? Just because he's a knuckleballer, and knuckleballers can sometimes go on these crazy runs that are good enough to compete for the Cy Young Award just out of nowhere. So Yeah, not going to happen. But I'm not really, like, <laughs> expecting that from Dickie, you know? Chris Iannetta, Jose Perella, Eric Sogard. They are all 3% owned or less. Chris Iannetta, Jose Perella, Eric Sogard. Yeah, is up to, what, eight home runs and less than 100 at-bats? Yeah. For the seven RBI game. So I wish he'd play more. He doesn't even start half the time for the Diamondbacks. Pretty much just an NL only option because of that. Okay, but what about Sogard? And what about Perella, who the Padres called up? Like, do you right, see mean, league appeal? Yeah, I guess we should address Sogard. He has started for a five. Sogard sits against lefties. So who does he start? He just starts all over the place against righties? He starts at either second or short, and they sit VR or they sit Arcia. Yeah. It's, it's kind of scary for VR. I mean, we don't really care about Arcia in standard leagues, so who cares where they go with him? But VR, I mean, VR's still pretty valuable just because he runs so much and he's not without power. So you'd like to see him keep playing, but he's he is a better fantasy player than a real life player. So I could see this becoming an even worse issue. That's that's really all I see Sogard as right now is an annoyance. He has some NL only value while he's playing, sure, but. He's not going to be an impact player. Okay. I think uh, we're about 45, 46 minutes. By 50 minutes, we should be at two-star pitchers, so we'll probably end the show with that. Now that I put the time codes in the descriptions, I think it's uh, I think it's helpful. I hope people are appreciating that. I hope it's been helpful for them. You can skip around a little bit more. But obviously, you read those descriptions every day. We cover a lot more than what I can write in four sentences. Uh, so, these hitters I do want to talk about. Domingo Santana, 61% owned. He's the number five outfielder over the last 21 days. Nick Castellanos has a seven-game hitting streak. He's batting 400 with two homers and three doubles. And Eduardo Nunez, is not you're not picking him up, but he's the number eight shortstop in points, number five in roto, and he is on fire. Last 22 games, Nunez is batting 374 with nine steals. Um, so, Domingo Santana, he might be under-owned, people. Like, He's walking a ton. He's he steals. He's homers. Good for the him. thing that really caught my attention with Domingo Santana because I haven't liked the plate discipline. He is walking more, but he strikes out a lot. He profiles with his line drive rate. I mean, he is among the highest line drive hitters in baseball, which means high Babbitt probably. So I'm not even really that concerned about the strikeouts. Uh, not to the extent that I thought I'd be, and I think he probably is underowned in at 61%. It's time to start looking into him, even in three outfielder leagues. Like if you yeah. you made a if you made a play for Steven Souza when he was at his hottest, uh, it's time probably to make that switch. Okay, Domingo Santana, and line then drive. you know I'm seeing where he ranks in line drive rate. To put it in perspective, he's 12th. Wow. Well. Exactly the same line drive rate as Steven Souza, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I like, Souza, I, I really, I wasn't really happy that you supported him earlier this week. Like, I Sorry, just, Adam. I just Sorry. think he's gonna let you down every time. Well, when the line drive rate is so high, like that's, Freddie Freeman, like this is one of the, the things I've really caught on to just this year. Figuring out why Freddie Freeman is such a good hitter, even though the strikeout rate is kind of bad, and it's because he is a ridiculous line drive hitter. So I'm starting to pay more attention. 
I almost said that word again. I'm starting <laughs> to pay more attention um, to to that because not every hitter who strikes out a lot is bad, and there are reasons for it. And being able to making con making the kind of contact that most often yields a hit is how you overcome it. And Santana's doing that. Steven Souza has done that this year in a way that he hadn't done previously, I don't think. Uh, well, he was a pretty good line drive hitter last year, too. So, yeah, jury's still out on him. But Santana, I'm starting to buy into. Hooray. Let's uh, go through the two-star pitchers, see if there are any big news items we need to get to. Uh, Joe Girardi said Aaron Hicks is going to have an increased role when Jacoby Ellsbury comes back. Kevin Kiermeyer left with a hip injury. He was on crutches. Justin Pedroia will be back tonight. Good news for Eduardo Rodriguez. He's making good progress. Things looking up there. Chris Heston is now on Minnesota. He was on Seattle. He threw that no-hitter a few years ago. Now Chris Heston was claimed by the Twins. Everybody needs to know that. Uh, Nelson Cruz expected back today. Salvador Perez should be back in the lineup today. And Joe Musgrove could start on Monday. Your two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 11. How How is it overall? Good week for two-star pitchers that we could pick, potentially it's pick up? It's a pretty good week. There are actually tiers of sleepers for this week. Um, the high-tier sleeper I like is Jimmy Nelson, who I feel like should probably be universally owned by this point, but he's not. And then mid-tier, at least heading into, at least as of last night, Joe Ross was only about 50% owned. It's probably changed some, but uh, did you have it in the notes here? Uh, yeah, I think he's 60. Oh, no, no, no. Joe Ross, he's 54%. Yeah, so he's available in a lot of leagues. Okay. And, again, I'm not super confident in him, but if you want that extra start, you're not going to find another pitcher that available with that kind of upside. Uh, and then the low-tier pitcher who I'd be excited to add for two starts is uh, Alex Meyer, who's only 13% owned. Gets the Yankees first time, which is, you know, obviously a little scary, but Kansas City second time. And been getting a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swings and misses on that curveball lately. All right. So Jimmy Nelson, high tier. Joe Ross, mid tier. Alex Meyer, lower tier. Would you start or sit uh, Jacob deGrom against the Cubs and the Nationals? I would start him. Okay. Mike Leake, Milwaukee at home, Baltimore on the road. Yeah, he's started to see some regression his last three starts. Ah, I'm going to – okay, I just want to say that I watched the two starts ago against the Cubs, and he pitched great, and they may have left him in a little bit too long, and he had a bad inning, and he gave up a grand slam to Kyle Schwarber. But it may have been six scoreless innings or six innings one run before that. So I think – that the last three starts for Leakey is a 5.30 ERA. I don't think it's it's nearly as bad as that number would indicate. I just want to say because because people are going to get off the leak bandwagon pretty quickly. I don't know that you should. Well, I mean his FIP is mid threes, so he's he's overachieved this year oh, and yeah, he still yeah. hasn't regressed all the way to that. But uh, points leagues absolutely start him. I think Roto because Milwaukee and Baltimore they're both good offenses. I might shy away from it there. All right, now here's the thing about Odorizzi. I thought he was a one-star pitcher, but he's apparently a two-star pitcher, but they're both oh, on the road. Okay. But they're at Detroit, okay. at Toronto and at Detroit. He's just not that good on the road. It's year after year with him. Yeah, and Tampa's a great place to pitch. Yeah. Probably another points league versus Roto or Categories League. I would think about sitting him in the latter. In shallower leagues, would you pick up Jimmy Nelson at St. Louis and home against San Diego or Sabathia at the Angels and at Oakland? I'd pick up Nelson. I like those Sabathia He's not a bad sleeper either. He, he The 73% ownership makes him, like, he's already so widely owned. I'm surprised he's that widely owned, frankly. Me too. Um, that it, uh, it makes it hard to get enthusiasm because the level of sleeper he is probably doesn't justify that ownership tag already. But if you want an extra start and he happens to be out there, those are two good matchups and he's been on a roll. Fulton Nevich, I, yeah, at Washington, home against Miami, I think I'm going to sit Fulton Nevich. I'd, pro- I'd be happy to start him in a points league. Yeah, I have him in a roto league. I'm not going to start him. I, yeah. He yeah, can get harder, harder to justify there. I thought he was a two-star pitcher this week. I guess he got pushed back because they're bringing up Newcomb. But that's a, I don't know. Yeah, no, that was, that was, he did, he did get listed as a two-star pitcher on our site, but that was, 
If you had looked at my two-star pitcher rankings, you would have noticed I left them out because yeah. that was a weird situation with the doubleheader where something got kind of screwed up there. Trevor Bauer, Dodgers at home, Twins on the road. Uh, I avoided dropping him in the podcast league. I have very little confidence in him, but he was the only two-star pitcher on my roster. Well, I guess he still is. So... I'm going to roll with him there. Wouldn't do it in a Roto League or Categories League at all. Brandon McCarthy is 75% owned. So if you're in shallow leagues, Nelson, Sabathia, McCarthy, they might be good for you. But if we look a little bit deeper, how about Kyle Freeland, uh, J.C. Ramirez, Wade Miley, Tyler Chatwood? And I think you're going to put Joe Ross ahead of those guys, but... Kyle Freeland, J.C. Ramirez, Wade Miley, Tyler Chatwood. Do you like any of them this week? Maybe Freeland. He's been pretty good on the road, and the home starts against the Giants. Good ground ball pitcher. I don't think he's bad. Here, here's the. I mean, the thing about two star pitchers, like it, it for most most of the time in fantasy, we can make this distinction between well, this guy isn't great, but he's fine for deep leagues. But when it comes to two-star pitchers, if they're bad pitchers, even in a deep league, you're not going to want badness twice over, you right. know? Right, right. So it just, it, it's rarely, uh, you're rarely going to recommend these guys even for those formats. The thing about Freeland and Chatwood is that they're at Pittsburgh and home against San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I overlooked Chatwood. Chatwood. Chatwood might actually be more exciting than Freeland, actually. They're, okay. they're both fine for deep leagues. And then after that, Jared Eikhoff, Jarrell Cotton, Jared Eikhoff has tough matchups. Jarrell Cotton just, he's, has not been trustworthy. Um, Christian Bergman, uh, Luis Perdomo, Alex Meyer, who Scott likes in deeper leagues, Joe Musgrove, 35% owned. He's got Texas and Boston at home. Adaberto Mejia, Ben Lively, Alec Asher, Mike Pelfrey, Gallardo, Chad Cool, Royal Gibson. Yeah, I mean, no, no thanks. So Meyer, if you need someone, is the one that Scott highlights. And let's finish Depressing Friday with some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Hey, Alex, Nomar, and Derek. Those sound like the shortstops of the early 2000s that were... Competing for all-star appearances. That would be them. In a 10-season... By the way, I don't have a name for this. In a 10-team Roto League, three outfielders, two utility slots. It's a shallow league. Is it worth it to pick up and stash Starling Marte for the next six weeks or so? Ten teams, three outfielders, two utility. No. Too shallow. Okay. I think, you know, in a few weeks maybe. Yeah. And look, if, if you got, out. if you, you know, having a great season and you don't need the spot, then you could always pick him up, but not a must. This is from Florian. I have Lucroy Posey Gaddis, um, for my catcher or backup first baseman. I want to shop Lucroy for a starting pitcher. What starting pitcher could I aim for from Lucroy? I mean, it's a really bad time to trade him. I don't, I don't know that anyone's going to be eager to jump at that and obviously starting pitching is in high demand right now um i mean in theory you should be able to get a borderline top 25 guy i think you know what i actually had i actually uh with chris out i actually put together the trade chart for head-to-head leagues just yesterday so i could give you a pretty clear example of what i think lucroy is worth I have him just behind Michael Fulmer on the trade chart. David Price and uh, Luis Severino's in that range as well. So that's what you should be able to get for him. Scott, I don't know that you actually can. Scott, the uh, the listeners are hearing your computer right now. You should probably close that page. Oh, you could hear that? <laughs> you sure could. Well, sorry. Let me mute my computer so that doesn't That's happen That's all right. Again. We're almost done. Nobody's listening. It's Friday. We're an hour into the show. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. I, uh, a few more Where emails. else are they going to get hot raisin takes? Come on. I know. Real quick, Jake in New York. Uh, well, Jake wants to know why we don't like Adam Wainwright. Scott, you kind of turned your back on Adam Wainwright after that bad start yesterday. I, I wasn't buying into it before the bad start. I mean, 
he d- he had avoided allowing runs, but not in a way that indicated he was really a dominant pitcher again. So yeah. uh, I, I'm not I'm not convinced he's mixed league material anymore. Doug from Illinois wants to know what you think about picking up middle reliever Michael Givens. I I feel like you can do a little bit better than that. He's good. Yeah, he's I mean just. Bringing that question out of nowhere without understanding the full context, I can't get behind it. Yeah, I feel like there are, there are really, like he has a one, he has a one, one, seven whip, a strikeout per inning, a 270 ERA, like he's having a good year, but he's not, no. He's, he could be and better he's not, than that. He's not even the backup, backup closer op, like he's not even the backup closer option while Britain's out, which makes him not even the backup, backup closer. And I wanted to read the uh, drop the mic email from Mike in Rockaway Beach, but we are out of time, Mike, so I'll try to read it next week. Uh, so thank you for that. All right, Scott, have a great weekend, sir. Talk to you, you on too. Monday. Yeah, thank you. You don't care, but talk to you Monday. Oh, I care. I, I want you to have a good weekend, sure. No, that's we'll talk about it Monday. I'll ask you. I'm going to see Book of Mormon. I look forward to reporting back. Okay. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. We're getting Chris back next week. Everybody get excited. To all you, have a great weekend. See ya.